Hello and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fair. How's everybody doing? I should have started in a spookier voice as if I'm sort of some sort of crypt keeper figure. Uh, I'm recording this on Halloween, but uh, you know, you're not hearing it until after Halloween. So honestly should have saved my you know what? There was a Halloween bonus episode earlier in the, earlier last week. That that covers my my uh, uh whatever my obligation. I know uh, so I I don't have to do crypt keeper puns. Uh, you know what? I like to think I'm pretty uh pretty good at coming up with things on the fly. I I think I'm decent at writing jokes. I cannot write a pun to save my life. Like, even a bad one, I'm just... And I don't even really think puns are funny. Unless they're extremely labored, and then I enjoy them. But it is just absolutely not in my skill set. And I always feel... I always feel like a fool when I try, because I just can't do it. Um, now you know one of my many, many weaknesses. If you've listened for any length of time, you know all of the other ones, too. So... Look, no, nobody's uh, nobody's being taken by surprise here. I guess is what I'm saying. You know, I'm I'm not really a Halloween guy. Uh, as I've mentioned probably several times in the past, I'm much too delicate for horror. I don't really like horror movies. Uh, uh, there, there's a few here and there. That, that I enjoy, but for the most part, uh, I'm, I'm too delicate. Uh, my friend Sam, if he sees a good horror movie, will explain it to me and then tell me whether I would enjoy it and whether or not I would be able to watch it without getting upset. And almost nothing passes both of those criteria. So I mostly learn about the world of modern horror through him, and it's possible he's just telling me elaborate lies uh, in the hopes that... <laughs> It's some sort of long game that'll eventually pay off when, when uh, I'm I'm trying to pretend I know what child's play is about, and I say something absolutely wild about a monster truck or something. Or there's a monster truck in child's play. Look, I don't know. I'm being honest with you. I'll be proven as a fraud eventually, but there's no fraud here. Just open, honest communication between me and an audience that sometimes emails me to tell me that I have a bad podcast. Uh, it has not happened since I asked people to stop doing it, so that was nice. It might also mean that everybody who hates me stopped listening. And, I mean, good for you. There's no reason to make both of us miserable. Uh, I would say I'm not really a... Like, when I was a kid, you know, Halloween is super exciting, but it was... It was kind of weird and half-assed in my family all the time because I come from generations of people who can't make things. Like, there was never going to be a costume made or, like, a really clever costume because we fetuses are a bunch of... a bunch of large-handed flops. And simply because of when... I was a kid and my interest, most of my formative years, I would wear one of those Ben Cooper costumes. 
which <laughs> I just realized if you're young, it might sound like Ben Cooper is a person who I impersonated every Halloween. <laughs> yeah, he's a hockey goalie, Ben Cooper. Uh, there was a manufacturer who made these very cheap costumes, or it was that the plastic mask with an elastic, like a half face mask with an elastic string. And then uh, uh, like a plastic smock that, uh, you know, would sometimes look like something and sometimes be a picture of the character that you were dressed as. Uh, and being me, I, it was exclusively superheroes for as pretty much as long as I trick-or-treated, I think. And, yeah, like the Superman Ben Cooper costume had a picture of Superman on the smock rather than having it approximate Superman's costume. Uh, Hulk was the same. I think Batman looked like Batman, except he also had a bat symbol on his forehead. Which is the reason why Hank Venture's Batman costume on Venture Brothers has that. Uh, probably also so they don't have issues with getting sued by another branch of their same company. It's all the same thing, but Fox News tried to sue the Simpsons once. So look, it's not it's not unheard of. Um, but the, the other th besides those things looking bad and being extremely cheap is I live in Michigan and it's cold on, on Halloween. Uh, it is not unheard of to have I, it's not even unusual that we've had our first snow well before Halloween. So virtually every year, I was wearing a heavy winter coat over my costume anyway. So it was just the cheap mask, and then a a small child in a bulky in a bulky snowsuit. <laughs> my Doctor Doom smock is underneath it, but you'll never know. <sighs> Uh, also compounding it is when I was a kid, we lived out in the middle of nowhere. Like it was just sort of on this, it was outside the city limits. It's on this street where there were, there, there weren't really other houses. It was just way out in the middle of nowhere. And we lived on a cul-de-sac with two other, two other families. Uh, one of which was, uh, most of the time I lived there was this absolutely insane family who bore a weird grudge against us and uh, uh, bashed, tried to bash in uh, our, one of our doors with a golf club. Uh, a lot of that had to do with my sister. Not the good sister who I mentioned sometimes. The other sister who I'd never mention and probably won't extrapolate. Elaborate. You can extrapolate. Do what you want. Send me your guess as to what's the deal with my sister is. I'll tell you if you're right. I'll tell you if you're wrong. I probably won't tell you if you're right, but I guess you can assume. Uh, and the others were my grandparents, who were uh, absolutely wonderful people, and I love them very much. Uh, uh, not that I'm going to say anything bad about them now. It made it sound like I was covering for something. I just, uh, they were very important to me. Uh, as a child and through to my adulthood and I miss them very much and uh, my grandpa died right around this time of year actually and I, th I you know I've been thinking of him lately 
Uh, that's not funny. It doesn't have anything to do with Halloween. I should stop. So we'd go to their house. And they always just had their house decorated. Even though because of where we lived, there would be no other trick-or-treaters. And, like, it was this thing as a kid that maybe I didn't quite recognize, uh, you know, the links. Because, I mean, it was decorated like a regular house would be decorated for Halloween. But it was these elderly people who had no reason to decorate for Halloween. And I don't think I appreciated what kind of effort they were putting forth at the time. Uh, and also, they would usually give me, like, like, the decorations afterwards so even though I wasn't a Halloween guy I had a big cardboard Frankenstein on my hanging on my wall until I was about 12 just because that was the thing my grandparents gave me ah so we'd, we'd go there and they'd have a ridiculous amount of treats for us and then I remember we always just drove out to some other neighborhood and it's one of those things because you don't really know where anything is when you're a kid uh, you know, until I started driving, I couldn't have told you where anything in town was. Uh, we live so far out of, out of range of anything. It's not like I was going to be able to ride my bike somewhere. Uh, I would have had to, <laughs> to ride my bicycle on the highway to get anywhere. And, uh, so, but like, I still can't quite figure out what part of town we went to. Uh, I feel like it is not a place I've been back to in my adulthood, even though I've I've been all over this town, sister. So, you know, trick-or-treat for strangers, which probably a lot of people do, but I know a lot of people stick to their own neighborhood. And, you know, so it wasn't even like a, like a, like a neighborhood thing with your friends. Uh, you know, I never once saw a kid I knew out on the street trick-or-treating. Uh, so it was, plus I don't like most candy is the thing. Uh, you give me a peanut butter cup, I'm, I'm psyched. Uh, my friend Becky, uh, who I have to, I have to talk about her later. Remind me, you can't do that. Uh, she was giving out, uh, she's giving out peanut butter cups this year because she won't be tempted to eat the leftovers. And it's like, no, that's the, that's the actual best candy. If you could only have one, it'd be peanut butter cups. She's crazy. And everybody told her she's crazy, too. Like, she, she has to know that she's wrong and her taste is bad. Uh, but, you know, so just having a bag of candy, like, it, it's a thing you're culturally psyched about as a kid. But for me, it was most of that was going to get thrown away or eaten by a sibling or... Uh, you know, so it, and and uh, I haven't been to a Halloween party in years. Uh, for a while, when I first met uh, uh, Sam and his extended family, uh, they always put on a big Halloween party that was fun to go to. And one year, it was right after I broke my leg, so I just came, but I couldn't wear a costume because I had a broken leg and I was sad all the time. Uh, and in the, the bonus episode, I talked about some of my TV-themed costumes. And they're all really simple because, again, I can't do anything. Uh, one year, I, I don't even remember what my plan was, but what I ended up being 
what I ended up looking like and just called it that was Jean Shallot, male prostitute. Uh, that was a weird one. And if there are pictures of that, I would put them on my social media. I suspect somebody probably posted them years ago. Or not. Maybe it was pre-social media. I'm old. I've seen a lot of stuff. Uh, and I... <laughs> I got in a group costume one year where we were we were the concept of Pac-Man. And we made like Pac-Man and ghosts out of paper mache. And when I say we, I, I was present and I helped paint them, but I certainly didn't contribute to any crafting of, of, of props because, again, I am useless in that regard. Also, it occurred to me recently that props might be short for properties. Like, can't you imagine on the set of 30s movie, that's what they'd be calling them? Ah, we need a we need a bucket for this scene. Go to the go to the properties manager and see if we got a bucket. But and so so I was part of the Pac-Man board, which involved me wearing all black clothes, and I had white glowing dots uh stickers stuck to me in sort of a pattern where I tried to approximate a section of the Pac-Man board. But that meant if I wasn't with the same four people and all the props all the time, it was just absolutely inscrutable. Uh, some people thought I was a domino, which made no sense at all. That's why would I have 60 dots on me if I'm a domino? Come on, get your head in the game. Uh, but due to the pandemic and all, I haven't had to make an excuse to not go to a Halloween party for a couple of years. And it's been a, it's been a load off my mind. Uh, a lot of Halloween talk for me saying that I'm, I'm not that into Halloween. Uh, but I, 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 I want to mention this now because uh, before I forget, when I mentioned my friend Becky, uh, and this is the Becky who is Sam's sister, not the other Becky. There's two Beckys. It's so confusing. I don't want to use anybody's last names because <laughs> they're the only people who listen to this. I don't know why I don't. But uh, my friend Becky illustrated the children's book that is now available for sale. Uh, it's on Amazon and I assume other things where you can get children's books. Uh, it is called Duck Dog. And it is super cute. It's about a dog and a duck who get past their differences and become friends and teach vocabulary along the way. Uh, it's recommended for kindergarten through second grade. So if you have a, a child in that range... Holy smokes, you want an adorable book? Look, it's got a duck and a dog in it, and those are two of the top five animals by my count. Uh, you know, I consider just redoing the Hollywood Handbook ranking, but uh, <laughs> the noble bug. But, you know, for me, dogs, ducks, you throw in some cats. Like I, I've never owned a cat, but I've liked every cat I've ever met. So I got no beef with cats. They're just, I've always had a dog and uh, I believe cartoons are always correct and they're natural enemies. Uh, I don't know who I'm, I'm saving the other two for. Uh, right now I'm thinking aardvarks and wombats because aardvarks are very funny to me and wombats are big and cute. And as I've learned, they're absolutely immense and they seem like they'd be very fun to hug. The point is, duck dog. 
uh, he's got a duck and a dog, and they become friends. There's also a little girl named Dahlia. And not to Monday morning quarterback it here, but that is maybe a mouthful for <laughs> of a name when you're teaching kids to read. Uh, but maybe that name's more common than I know. I'm not here to to reinvent the wheel. I'm just anyway. It's a it's a it's super cute. Uh, so if you know any kids or you need a Christmas gift for a kid, get Duck Dog. Uh, if you want to look for it on Amazon, the author is Jennifer Churchill. So if you do Duck Dog Churchill, you'll find it. If you just do Duck Dog, you will get screen after screen of duck-flavored dog treats. Uh, and it will take a while to get to the adorable book illustrated by my friend. Uh, uh, they are not a sponsor. This is just me me uh, saying a thing my friend liked that is good, which is what I do with my actual sponsor. Uh, so I'm not sure why, I don't know why I'm making the distinction, but you know, if anybody needs to update the wiki, uh, it's not a sponsor, but it's an endorsement. It's very good. It's very cute. Uh, so this is a surprise to me. I wish I had more prepared. It's been sort of a long week and, uh, I've been a little out of sorts for a variety of reasons, mostly most of which involve stress and or money. Uh, but I saw Dune. I saw Dune, the movie. And I'm, like, I'm a nerd, and Dune has never meant anything to me. I tried watching the, the David Lynch movie, but it's, it's incoherent, and I didn't enjoy it, and I remember almost none of it. I tried reading the book when I was maybe too young to read the book. And I don't know whether I finished it or not, but the only thing I remember is that there's a part where they make a boy put his hand in a box and it's, it, it's a box full of pain, but if he pulls his hand out, he's going to get jabbed in the neck with a needle and die. And that's in the movie. So as far as I can tell, it's 100% faithful. Uh, so, you know, really all I have to go on is the movie which I found, I found entertaining, if a little bit sterile. Uh, the, the thing is, and I think I mean this as a positive, is it's entirely humorless. There are no jokes in Dune. There are no moments of levity, which seems counter to my whole deal uh, as, a, as a renowned, uh, as one of the impractical jokers. Uh, I think I'm Murr. That's one of them, right? Uh, so many of the big franchise movies have this sort of, you know, there's there's just this this jokey tone to it where, like, Joss Whedon's influence is all over every blockbuster now. And I don't have an issue with, like, I'm, a, I'm as big a fan of the Marvel movies as you'll get. That's... I, you know, there's never been a time when I've really rolled my eyes and went, Ugh. oh, they made a joke. Great. No, great. They made a joke. I'm happy. Having the time of my life. Thor said something funny. It's dangerous, but he said he had a, he had a good quip. I'm a happy man. Hit somebody with a hammer now and we are in business. But it just made, made Dune feel very, very different, which was a, a kind of a fun change of pace that made it really stand out to me. Uh, 
also every time they're running across the desert and trying not to wake the sandworms, it did seem like a less exciting Tremors. So, like I said, I like Dune, but if you're going to pick one or the other, pick Tremors. It's way shorter and you'll have a blast. But uh, I'm, I'm mostly pro-Dune. There are some issues with the storytelling that I think might be problems, but apparently that is uh, in the second one, which is the second half of the book, they sort of face those things head on. So, uh, so while it unfortunately seems a bit like a white savior movie, it apparently very much is not, but based on what is available for me to watch, uh, that's how it feels. But I don't know. I ended up having a good time. Uh, Jason Momoa is always super fun to see, and his character has the ridiculous name of Duncan Idaho, which is ridiculous now, and in the year 10,000 is just unforgivable. And the thing I like about that is, like, the movie knows it's a ridiculous name. They're sort of stuck with it out of out of faithfulness and... You know, I guess the director's such a huge fan. He wants to be really, really faithful to the to all those those things in the original. Uh, so they're sort of they're sort of stuck with this ridiculous name. <laughs> also, almost none of the supporting characters have a last name anyway. So the fact that not only is it Duncan, it's Duncan Idaho. But every time they say his name, they say it so fast. <laughs> like, they they do not want you to stop and think to yourself, wait, is that guy's name really Duncan Idaho? That's wild. If somebody is addressing him or introducing him, it's like, oh, it's Duncan Idaho. What's the, what's the story out in the desert there, bud? It, it, <laughs> it reminds me of the first season of American Ninja Warrior, where the uh holy smokes i forgot the name of the of the one of the one host uh uh matt somebody i think uh but the the other the it, so it's it's guy whose anglo-saxon name i can't remember and then akbar vajabiamilla and it's a mouthful it's one you can learn uh, in fact, I've learned it. I just said it. But it is not spelled at all like you think it would be. And you can, you can in the first season, every time you can tell the other host is so worried about getting it wrong that he just plows through that name every time. Like, it's, it's just muscle memory for him to get it out. And that's how they do it with Duncan Idaho. And speaking of Akbar Vajabiamila, uh, he's really leaned into it because on the most recent season of American Ninja Warrior, it closes out every episode with him looking back at his favorite moments from the episode <laughs> in a segment he calls Akbar's Majibia Moments. <laughs> Which is this absolutely tortured portmanteau. Just to really, and just to really lean into an insane combination of letters on the screen because it, it doesn't flow at all. 
It's so funny. Ah, uh, <laughs> that delighted me. Uh, as long as we're as long as we're talking movies. Uh, by the time I record the next episode, uh, the next Marvel movie will have come out, uh, The Eternals. And I've talked plenty on here before about how much I'm enjoying uh, the Marvel stuff. And I think they've got a, like the best track record in the business, quite frankly. And as it's looming nearer and nearer, I'm really starting to think The Eternals is going to be bad. Like, you know, that they do the teaser that looks a little boring. And then you go, oh, yeah, but when they release a, a full trailer, it'll be great. And it's like, oh, no, the trailer's kind of boring, too. And uh, it just sort of has this... I, it, I don't know. It, it, it's not... There's nothing that's really catching me about anything they presented. And it doesn't help that the Eternals are the most nothing characters that they could possibly... The Eternals are such characters that nobody's complaining that they've changed the gender and race of some of the characters. And that is the first thing the internet does with any character anybody enjoys. Uh, it's... It's... Like, I probably said it out here before, but it's, it's, uh, they were created by Jack Kirby, who I think is one of the most significant, significant created forces of the 20th century. I got nothing bad to say about Kirby, but this was an off day. This, this is maybe his worst wholly created premise. And the act, and it's, it's kind of based on the idea that somebody explained Chariot of the Gods to him, but left out all the racist stuff. Because that was this popular thing in the 70s where it was, uh, you know, what primitive societies viewed as gods were actually aliens. And that's why they were able to make these, you know, pyramids or these works of architecture or, or, or what have you. And what it all comes down to is it's, it's a way to explain how non-white, <laughs> non-white uh, 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 primitive people were able to do anything. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, primitive white people were largely unvisited by aliens and did everything on their own. And, you know, it was the 70s. That's probably a nuance that was lost on a lot of people. Uh, and I certainly don't mean to imply that, that Jack Kirby was in any way racist. He was a, he was, he was a good man who fought Nazis both uh, metaphorically and literally. Um... You know, but it's sort of this gross thing. But then it's also just because he he would just if a thing was popular, like hey, how can I make that a how can I make that into a series? And just he, he you know he pulled inspiration from everywhere, and this was just sort of a turd to pull inspiration from. And in fifty ish year, forty five ish years, nobody has ever really done anything with those characters to justify their existence so it's real weird that it's a movie uh, and I want it to be good and I hope it's successful because it's uh, I mean it's, it's the, the most Jack Kirby of every Marvel movie so far I mean he created or co-created almost everybody except Spider-Man and Doctor Strange 
and most of the Guardians of the Galaxy who came along much later. But this is sort of the first one that's explicitly his sole creation. And it would be great if finally somebody made a Kirby movie that was, and it was, it, it was great. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, I think, is the most based on his, his designs, at least. And that's, that's a terrific movie that looks amazing. So, uh, you know, we've still got that, but... And this is the first Marvel movie directed uh, directed by a woman. Uh, Captain Marvel was a, a man and a woman working together. This is, uh, uh, and I can't think of her name, but she won the Oscar last year for directing. So, uh, Chloe Zhao. And it's, you know, very explicitly a, a diverse cast. There's, uh, you know, it's not just a bunch of straight white people and Don Cheadle, uh, which you know, I think is, is is great to see. And I hope, uh, you know, there's all these reasons why I hope it's really good and successful because you'd, you'd hate to have them walk away with the wrong lessons from it and go, well, so, so much for putting a Muslim in a movie. I, and I realize uh, Kumail Nanjiani's character is probably not literally a Muslim now that I say it because uh, the Eternals are all supposed to be space gods, so he's probably not dabbling in earth religions on top of that uh i'm doing a bad job of talking anyway i hope the eternals is good i have very deep misgivings uh um but we'll cross our fingers and uh at least we got hawkeye starting before thanksgiving and i am so psyched for that um hey i feel like uh Boy, it's almost a half hour and I'm real tired so maybe this is where we where we wrap things up I'll try to be more I'll try to come to the table with more stuff next week uh, before we go of course I have to mention our sponsor teasedbysummer.com uh, look in a lot of the country we're moving out of t-shirt weather that's fine I, you could stock up I'm not going to stop you but she has a bunch of mugs now and these mugs are they are so good like i am i am such a big fan i mean in general but these mugs are just about perfect the they are so well designed and they use the space so well uh like these legitimately look like professionally licensed uh licensed mugs uh, the bunch of, I think you should leave mug designs that are amazing. Uh, the new car ideas is looks like I when I got it and I had it on a mug from her old store and on a couple of shirts. So I am familiar with the design. When I saw it on a mug, I could not believe how good it looked. And I finally got my Carl Havoc mug, and holy smokes! It is something to look at. It is it is beautiful. Uh, and also the fact that it says, I don't even want to be around anymore, makes it the most appropriate mug I could have at work. Uh, so, you know, definitely uh, uh, teasedbysummer.com. Too cold for a t-shirt? Get a mug. These mugs are amazing. They hold up very well to, dish, to a dishwasher, by the way. Uh, 
the design is on both sides, so they work for right or left-handed people. You and the world can see your design at the same time. Uh, they're, they're, they are tremendous. Uh, I really cannot say enough good things about, about my recent mug purchases. They're really excellent. Uh, TeasedbySummer.com. Check it out. Uh, and then after after that, if you want if you want to pick up a copy of, of Duck Dog, about a dog and duck who are friends, one hundred percent do that too. Look, I know you have a lot of places to spend your money. Give some of it to nice people who are talented. Okay. You know you know who's nice and talented. Summer is. You know who else is nice and talented. Becky is. Do do a little something for him. They're great. They deserve it. Um, so I guess that's it. Uh, this this podcast is almost a full year old. Uh, November fifteenth was was when I put out the first episode. So next week's episode will be the final episode of year one. Maybe I should do something special for it. I have no idea what that'll be. Most likely, I will forget and just start talking. But man, if I think of something, we'll we'll do something special. I uh, hope you have a good week. I'll see you next time for more of this nonsense. Bye. Fed Talks is a Faux Boys production. Wee 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 wee.